8.35, it's time for Soul Insa then. Some insights from our insiders, Cedric Skysady and Elizabeth Hong. Good morning, guys. Good morning. It's good, good to see morning. your face again. I know, we missed you. <laughs> well, thank you for being here as ever on a Monday. Um, <laughs> I, I hope your last two Mondays went very well. Uh, but I'm very interested in what you've got to say today. I've gone through this routine many times. I think it's five different places I've lived in. Oh, five. All, all monthly rentals. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think six. But one of them was just a very short period. Uh, mm. Plus, you can throw in a few... hotel staycations mm, and right. pensions and that sort of thing. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we're talking about accommodation, living in Seoul. Um, and you both must have pretty varied experiences of, of moving since you came to Korea. Yes, I do. Um, but actually, for me, I was lucky, I think, in the beginning because I was able to move into a friend's house at first because it could be a little bit intimidating and burdensome as far as, like, we, we all know about the p o j u n g u m the security deposit, which we're going to talk about later. Yeah. So I kind of had it easy in the beginning, just moving in and paying half of the rent with my friend. But then the second time around, my aunt was also able to help me. So I think I was lucky. Okay. It wasn't as intimidating. How about you, Cedric? Yeah, I think I was lucky with my first place as well. I've had two places in under two years. I've only been here for a little over a year and a half. And uh, the first place was rent-free. No deposit or anything like that. But that's because I came as an English teacher. And that's part of the deal. And so the place that I'm in now, I do actually have to pay. And so Mm -hmm. we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the first one was built into your your salary. Because sometimes you can... opt out of that right you can just get a bit of extra money instead of having the rent free but it's very hard to find places with the same value yeah yeah exactly and so i actually kind of took that option it's complicated we won't get into it so halfway through my contract i did get another place Mm. with that arrangement so so elizabeth before we go much further into our own experiences and how they might um illuminate Mm -hmm. the investigations that you've both been doing can you give us some basic terminologies that we need to know Right. Starting with the basics. Let's pretend we've just arrived in Korea mm-hmm. and we need to know what on earth people are going to throw at us when we try and live somewhere. <laughs> exactly. And, and I want to first begin with types of property. Um, you know, I guess in America or in other places, we just think, oh, you know, apartment rentals, right? But there's different types that a lot of people get. Usually, I think what's the easiest and what foreigners or people who first come or young people usually get are what's called one rooms or often studios. Because they're often cheaper. Right. Exactly. Price-wise. And usually they come with like full options, which we'll also talk about later. Um, a l Also, another thing that I thought was very interesting when I first came to Korea and which where I'm living in right now is an office tell. Yeah. And that would be like a mixed residential commercial building and also usually comes with full options and um, sometimes even furnished. So it's kind of the first option that people look into. There's also villa. That's like a condo, usually four floors or less. Um, There's also apartment. And again, villas and apartments more for, I think, Korean residents or people who are staying long term. And these are a little bit more expensive. And let me get into the rental lease system in Korea that we should be aware about. And I think the first thing I mentioned this earlier is Pojungum, which is a security deposit. Um, but it's not like what we're usually used to because, you know, in the Western countries, we usually just pay like a 
maybe you know half a month rent or a couple months rent for a security deposit, a couple hundred dollars maybe. Um, but if we think about Korean p o j u n g u m and again, this also depends on the type of housing you're getting, the location, uh, but it can be from maybe... I think what I'm used to seeing is like 5 million won is usually well, very common. At least. On the low end, yeah. Mm-hmm. At least. I mean, that's if you're looking at the very cheapest accommodation. Or mm-hmm. maybe an exception is uh, a, a part of Seoul where more foreigners tend to reside because some right. of the landlords and realtors have adjusted to those expectations that you're referring to, mm-hmm. uh, i.e. a couple of months' rent. And, and um, places like h e b a n g c h a n and Itaewon right. areas that, that you'll sometimes... C, 5 million, but more commonly 10 million and mm-hmm. often 50 or 100 million. And when you see right. 50 or 100 million, mm-hmm. sometimes you can negotiate it down, but that will often mean a, a higher monthly rent. But let's, speaking of monthly rent, um, mm-hmm. you, you've got a couple of main options there, the Chansey and Walsa. Tell us more about them. Yes. So if the, like kind of the 5 million one, I guess, p o j i n g u m or security deposit I'm talking about would be for those that are more like Walsa, right? Relatively small amount of security deposit and you're paying monthly. And that's kind of similar to Western style. But then this c h o n s e is what's kind of the unique part about Korea, where it's a lump sum deposit. And that's the one that's like you have to have a key money, usually 40 to 90% of market value of the house. And you're putting down in full cash. So that could be really burdensome for, I guess, newcomers to Korea. But for Korean residents, it's actually... a good way to save money because it's kind of like free. <laughs> I felt like it was free rent because you pay this lump sum deposit if you have that much you know, money in hand and basically usually the contract is about two years. Every time you renew usually they might increase the amount but basically you give that deposit, you live for two years and then at the end of the contract you get it back. So that's kind of something very unique. Yeah, well This sounds like free rent, of course, but (laughs) you're losing a significant amount of interest potentially if you're not sticking that in your own Mm, account. Um, And and that's, of course, why landlords do it. Uh, Right. But in a low interest rate era, less landlords want to to do the Jonse system and Mm -hmm. they they prefer Walse or perhaps a combination, which is Panjonse. Exactly. And Panjonse is half the key money. So if you do Panjonse, you're still putting in a lot of money, but that helps to lower the monthly rent. So that's another option that you can consider. Yeah. Um, And by the way... Maybe this is uh, just a, a different, more international or specifically British mindset. I don't know. But I just feel like if I had 40 to 90% of the market value, mm-hmm. I would just want to buy a place. I'd want to invest. Because not only then are you making the money work for you, but hopefully you're getting a place that's going to rise in value as well. Right. And when you move out, you can just keep climbing up that ladder. Mm-hmm. Cedric, right. I, you're, you've got a big interest in property, don't you, anyway? I, I do. I have a lot of experience and I, I, I won't give... my opinions i don't think we have enough time but okay. yeah there are a lot of different options <laughs> but, but when it comes to that no okay i'm not gonna <laughs> not gonna turn you into a property expert but from a financial point of view it makes more sense isn't it, to buy property than just to let the landlord pick up the interest on your chance yeah in in most cases especially depending on how the economy is doing in the rental and the housing market is doing at the time for sure right i think it also has to do with some people want to save up more money to buy maybe a better house and invest in a better house and that's why they resort to this and then you know they can keep that money and then make more money and then once they have or they feel like they have enough money then they can start to invest in a property so i guess it all depends right. on your situation so johnson may work short term 
Uh, it may work for two years or mm-hmm. four years or right. however long you're prepared to lose that interest. Um, Cedric, you've prepared a self-checklist for people who are considering moving. Yeah, I did because I know how intimidating it can be and just all the things that go into it. So I prepared a short package to give you guys who are looking for places to live here in Seoul uh, some tips on what kind of things to consider when looking for some homes. So let's take a listen. This is Cedric, your Seoul Insider, here to help you with some things to look for when apartment hunting in Seoul. As one who has recently moved into an apartment in Seoul within the last six months, I know how intimidating and complicated it can be as an expat. But have no fear, the points I'm about to share with you will help you find your next home. The first thing you want to determine is your budget. The main things to consider are these two things. The deposit, which is pojunggum, which is required with most living situations, and the monthly rent, which is worse, how much you'll pay a month. The cost of your monthly rent is usually correlated with the amount of deposit you put down. For example, the higher the deposit, the lower the monthly rent. Once you figure out your budget, you should think about the type and size of home that you want. Do you want a one-room studio apartment, which is usually a small apartment that has the living, sleeping, and kitchen areas all in one room? Or do you want a two-bedroom spacious apartment overlooking the Han River on the 15th floor? Obviously, your budget and preferences will determine this. Now, let's talk about some things to consider and look for within your apartment. Many apartments here in Seoul may come fully furnished, partially furnished, or even empty. So be sure to check to see what's included in the deal. Let's say you found a place that you are considering. Here are some things that you need to ask yourself and to check out about the place. Does it include any kitchen appliances like a gas stove or microwave? As you know, it gets incredibly hot during the summer, so does it include a working AC unit? Does it have windows to bring in plenty of natural light and do they even open? Most Korean apartments these days come with an electronic door lock keypad to unlock the front door. So check to see if yours will come with one. How is the water pressure in the sink? Is the bathroom a wet bathroom? And last but certainly not least, does the toilet work? Before we move on, one big factor to check is if your future housing will require a monthly maintenance fee. Many places do not require their residents to pay a monthly maintenance fee, but if you live in an office tell like I do, then you will be hit with an additional fee every month, which can range from 50,000 won to 250,000 won a month. This usually includes miscellaneous building expenses, including electricity that's shared amongst all the residents of the building. So be sure to double check that. Lastly, here are a few things to consider when it comes to your neighborhood, your housing, is in. Does it have access to public transportation? For example, are there bus stops or subway stations nearby? Also, are there any amenities and access to shopping nearby via marts, cafes, or even medical clinics? And perhaps most importantly, is it a quiet and safe neighborhood? Hopefully, these were some helpful tips and things to consider when you're looking for your next home in Seoul. This is Cedric, your Seoul Insider, signing out. Very helpful. Thank you, Cedric. No problem. Hopefully mm-hmm. you guys enjoy the sound effects from I my did. house. You definitely I, have great water pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah. <laughs> trying to work out your uh, various features in your own home. So you have all of them. All of them, yeah. Wow, mm-hmm. very good. And a working washroom as well. By the way, when you say wet bathroom, that means uh, something actually that most places I've seen in Korea have, which means you just get everything wet, not worry about the floor, like... L- 
perhaps flooding, for example. Yeah, essentially. I, I haven't seen this anywhere else that I've, I've been. But yeah, you could just take a shower. And a lot of times the shower and the sink are connected. And you just kind of get everything wet and it dries on its own. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love that feature in Korea, got to say. Uh, but... You've been talking to more people, haven't you? Yeah, so we asked some expats on how easy or how difficult it was for them to find the right house here in Seoul and what steps they took for their search. So let's also take a listen to what they have to say. I've moved a lot while staying here in Korea for the past couple of years, and I used to always look for it online. And when I looked online, very often I would come across a very cheap deal, but then I would have to deal with other side effects like things that you have to fix or just poor location, etc. My current house that I'm staying at, I, for the first time, went through a realtor. And it was so much easier. I, I couldn't believe that I've been wasting my time spending all the looking on the internet because the realtor found the house that I personally have been living in for almost two years now and i love it it was the third house that they took me to see i could say the exact price range i could mention how close the subway wanted to be and some amenities that i wanted and the realtor was able to locate that house for me of course there's the small realtor fee by comparison to how convenient it was for me this time i think it was really well worth it so that has been my experience going through a realtor for me it wasn't difficult to find a new place. I looked around three to four homes before I decided on my current place. Before moving into my home right now, I lived in Yoksam area for about, I think, two years. I really didn't like that area, so I wanted to get out of Seoul. So the first thing I did was looking it up on housing app, an application that helps people find mostly one-room studios. I didn't want to go through a realtor because I didn't want to pay the realtor fees. But eventually it it did turn out that the room was uploaded by a realtor. So I had to pay the realtor in the end. But regardless, most of the times with most internet sites, they upload fake homes. They bait you with that and then they take you around all these places. But luckily for me, it was the actual home that I saw on the application. Yeah, it was fairly easy and I was very happy with what I found. I'm approaching my fourth year staying in this place. That's how much I like it. It's right outside of Seoul. It's a brand new apartment when I moved in. The prices was a lot lower than what I was living in Yoksam, but the house was a lot better. So I was very satisfied with my eventual choice. Pretty happy experiences in the end there, but some warnings laced in as well. Like, for example, the fake homes. Uh, You know, actually... Whether fake or not fake, uh, one thing that you'll often experience is places not being available, the ones that you saw online. Perhaps they've been snapped up already as well, if they're that good. But right. realtors can be really helpful for, for showing you around mm-hmm. uh, and, and cutting off some of the hassle. Exactly, exactly. I think it's good to actually go see the places. I mean, it's, it's, you can only get so far just by looking online. You really have to just go see the area, right? There's some level of security mm-hmm. there as well. Mm-hmm. You're, you're new to the country, you don't right. know neighborhoods. That's true. having a realtor with you offers a bit of comfort Mm -hmm. Um, but I also think not all realtors are made equal and that's probably a very obvious point to make but when you go to various realtors you kind of notice that they're all part of a similar network and they've got similar places available but then you'll 
you'll find one realtor who just seems to have something a little extra to offer. Mm, It's good to keep that person's number. They they could be helpful in the future. Right, right. right. Yeah, so, you know, when I uh, moved into my place now, I actually went through a realtor as well. But uh, as an expat who speaks a little Korean, it was a little difficult because uh, the realtor actually spoke only Korean. So I had to do everything in Korean. But to assist expats in Seoul, the Seoul City government actually runs an official list of real estate agents who can provide service in several foreign languages So it would have been good for me to know at the time, including English, Japanese, Chinese, Russian, and more. And it's called the Global Real Estate Agency List. Right. And this list was updated. They just released it last week with 30 newly added agencies. Uh, Right now, there are 247 such locations throughout Seoul. And you can find this list online. Let me give you the website. It's global. .seoul.go.kr and you can visit the English version of the Seoul City Government homepage and these are definitely lists that you want to keep in hand. And Cedric, you spoke one of the agents listed. Yeah, absolutely. We we were able to get an interview with uh, a realtor, Mr. Im Jingi, who is a registered member of the Global Real Estate Agency, and he covers Shincheon, Hongdae, and Nidae area. And he's been working with a lot of foreigners. He was able to provide a lot of helpful information in regards to home searching and the processes involved. So let's take a listen. I'm online with Im Jingi Depyo, Mr. Dean J.K. Lim, here in Seoul. What are some common things that should be on a checklist when foreigners are looking for a new place to live? The first thing you have to check is definitely your staying period. and amount of deposit money. For the rent in Korea, many places ask for longer time period of contract, more than one year, and larger deposit amount money from the expat's point of view. Many expats from other countries want to stay short-term. What I meant by short-term is like uh, three months and six months with a lower deposit money. So you have to check if this place is available for short-term with low deposit first. And about your budget, Uh, besides monthly rents, there are also building fee or maintenance fee to consider, as well as utilities such as electricity, water, and gas. Also, you have to check what furniture is included and not included. And if you have a pet, you have to tell them first that you have a pet, which can be a deal breaker. And lastly, you have to be aware of the penalties of breaking the contract in the middle of the contract period. What is the usual contract period for the monthly rent or w o r s e It depends on the areas, usually one or two years. Uh, in certain areas, such as Gangnam and, or Shincheon, Hongdae, where my office is uh, located, short-term rental, like one month, three months, are available too. When and how should I pay the deposit? In the process of contract, you put down payment first, and then you pay the balance, including the rest of the deposit, before you move in or at the same time of you moving in. What is the best way to prevent deposit fraud? Do not transfer full amount of money if you are suspicious. Also, find the right agent, someone who you can trust. GRASS, Global Real Estate Association of Seoul, members are designated by Seoul City as a global agent, and they are trustworthy and experienced with expats in Korea. Do I pay cash or make a bank account transfer when it comes to paying the deposit? If it's a small amount of money, cash is okay. But if this is a large amount of money and you feel uncomfortable carrying cash with you, then definitely bank transfer is better. Also, you can keep the record of money transfer. In case of bank transfer overseas, however, you should know that uh, it can take two days up to two weeks depending on your country and your local bank situation. You have to make sure full amount of money payment before your moving date or at the same time. Also, there is exchange rate differences and remittance fee. So there is a chance for the owner to get a shorter amount of money than what you sent. 
And how is the commission calculated, for example, for monthly rent, one room, and for an office tell? It can be 0.3% to 0.5% of your transaction value. The transaction value is your monthly rent multiplies 100 plus deposit. For example, if your deposit is 10 million and your monthly rent is 600,000 won, then your transaction value of the place is 7 million multiplies 0.4% is 280,000 won without tax. There is a table for commission fee and it is mandatory for it to be displayed in the realtor's office. Wonderful. Is there anything that you would like to add, Mr. Lim? Earlier we were talking about paying in cash. And I want to say when you're paying your rent in cash, I recommend you to make sure to get the receipts every time and hold on to them just in case. Thank you so much, Mr. Lim. Thank you. Yes, it's good to be cautious. Um, Generally speaking, this is one of the more stressful things that you can do uh, in life anyway. Uh, but including as an expat, when you're dealing with foreign languages, it's very helpful to have a realtor who speaks your language and, mm-hmm. and can be so useful. Uh, some of the things we heard there can be important to disclose all your information as well. Your landlord may not want you to have pets. Uh, speaking as someone who has both pets and children, I know that uh, can often be a deal breaker. Uh, what advice do you want to leave us with, Elizabeth? Well, I just wanted to add that, you know, we all are afraid of like these fake houses that we mentioned. And the Ministry of Land, Infrastructure and Transport will commission the Korea Appraisal Board to hold crackdowns, actually, on any misleading and deceptive conduct by realtors to protect consumers from any fake homes as well as false representations about property. So I think this is something that can help us feel safe as consumers looking for homes. And Cedric, a final word from you? Yeah, I would say uh, if as you're on this house hunting journey, whether you go through a realtor or the owner, just don't be afraid to ask as many questions as possible because you're going to be locked into a contract and you want to make sure you understand what's in the contract. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just shop around. Right. If I could summarize it all into two words, shop Mm -hmm. around. Use the resources, right? Don't feel like you've got to rush. It's never as rushed as they want to make you feel it is. Uh, Thank you very much, Elizabeth Hong and Cedric Skysady. Our Soul Insiders will be back tomorrow with our latest edition of This Morning at 7.05.